you cannot comply your way out of tyranny. If you think that by taking this shot, which by the way, you're risking your life, there's my disclaimer. Um, if you think you're going to then be left alone, uh, you already hear what's happening with the boosters. And I got news for everybody. There's already a fourth booster that's in the Pfizer protocol. Hello, everyone. Welcome to another episode of the Otto Gomes Crypto Show. My name is Otto Gomes. I'm your host. And today we have the lovely Dr. Jane Ruby. She has been going above and beyond the call of duty when it comes to shining a light on the tyranny of the medical industry, as well as politics and current events. Uh, Dr. Jane Ruby is a Washington, D.C. health economist and author who has been outspoken about sovereignty and freedom for years. She has been on the Stu Peter Show's InfoWars War Room, as well as being the host of her own show called Dr. Jane's D.C. Show. Ladies and gentlemen, Dr. Jane Ruby. Dr. Jane, thank you so much for joining me. I'm super honored and it's my pleasure to have you on here, truly. Oh, thank you, Otto. It's really, it's my honor to be with you. So thanks for having me today. I'm super excited. Um, uh, Siggy Flicker is our mutual friend and she's like, you should reach out, you should reach out to Dr. Jane and, and talk to her. And I was like, yes, absolutely. Once I saw everything that you're doing, I'm like, I would love to. Thank you. Yeah, she's a great patriot. She's an amazing human being. She is. I like to take these opportunities to just to get to know you, get to know the person I'm interviewing and how you got to this point in your life and your journey. So sure. just tell me, tell me a quick, you know, a, a little bit about your past and what was like that red pill moment for you that shifted you away from the matrix? <laughs> yeah, no, good question. And I'll, and I'll keep it concise because, you know, we could talk hours. I mean, like yeah, a shrink session, but anyway. <laughs> Um, I'm originally trained as a nurse practitioner, so that's my medical background, um, very advanced training. I've been in the pharmaceutical industry after taking care of patients in a hospital, you know, and then ICUs, things like that. So I have the clinical, you know, experience. I, I went into the pharmaceutical industry on the medical side. So I'm, I'm 20 years of drug development experience interfacing with the FDA, you know, the soup to nuts, the preclinical, which is animals and Petri dishes, all the way up through the four phases of human subjects research to get a drug to market if it makes it that far. So it's a highly, it used to be a highly regulated industry. Now we have an FDA that essentially is the a department at Pfizer, I call it. But um, what, what got me here was really my own personal experience because I spent 10 years in DC, got out of there last year when I saw that, you know, the, the, the political winds looking really bad, you know, especially um, in the state of Virginia. But long story short, I did get the COVID flu, whatever that was last year. And I was pretty sick for six weeks. But the tip off was when my doctor called to tell me my test was positive, I said, okay, well, you know, I have it. So, um, you know, give me a you know phone and a prescription for hydroxychloroquine. Nobody was talking about ivermectin yet. Uh, so, but we were, we were seeing lots of success with the HCQ mm. and he, this was a doctor I really knew. I had worked with him uh, a lot in my own healthcare. He was very good teacher, very open. And he, he was like a different person. And he said, I, I can't, we can't do that. We only save that for people in the hospital on a ventilator. And I said, well, why would you wait till I was that sick? And he couldn't answer me. And his last parting words to me, Otto were, Jane, you're going to have to tough this one out. You know, if you remember, this was March of 2020, we right. didn't know. 
how dangerous it was. We didn't know what it, what really what it was. We didn't know if it was a bioweapon. We didn't know if anything worked for it. And we, and we were told, we were fear-mongered that people were going to develop flash pneumonias and, you know, die. Um, so needless to say, I started doing some research when I was feeling better. And I learned, Otto, that it, it down partisan lines, every Repu- um, Democrat governor was putting in the same language edicts through their departments of health, their state departments of health mm. to block access to HCQ. And I thought, well, that's a strange thing. I was still oh. a little naive back then, wow. you know, on the situation. And I did some interviews on it afterwards because I had friends in DC that had podcasts and things. And it, 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 as it unfolded over the months, now we all know, we all know that something very bad is happening and that they were, they're blocking access to life-saving treatments, which, is incredibly frightening. Uh, so, so that's how I got into it. I had had my own online show, um, as you said, in DC for a few years, but it was just a political pundit show. I, I had some pretty wonderful people like Judge Janine and stuff like that on the show. But, um, you know, it's I got out of DC. I'm here. And a few months ago, you mentioned the Stu Peters show. Uh, a few months ago, I was contacted by a mutual friend of ours who put Stu Peters and I together and said, you know, you guys ought to do some work together. I think, it, and you know, I am so grateful. It was really kind of like divine intervention. And since March, Stu and I have been working together. He's got a wonderful platform. He's an incredible patriot. He really is about the truth. Uh, once, once in a while, when I kind of shy away, not from the truth, but do, do, do you think we should, you know, say, say that, or, you know, is it too, too strong? And he'll say, are you kidding me? The truth is the truth. <laughs> I love so it. he's taught me a lot. He's given me a great opportunity to get this message out. And, and I'm hoping that we get people to think twice and, um, you know, save, save a few more people from going forward with, um, these injections, which seem to be like a science fiction movie of like Terminator 10 or something, you know, where they're really after us, the bots. Yeah, I um, I actually watched a video that, uh, I think it was actually on the Stu Peter show where you talked about uh, some German scientists that have been diving deep into this injection and looking at the blood and how it looks like before and after. So I'm actually curious um, for those that are watching, if you haven't watched it, make sure you you take a look. And I, you know, I'm gonna, I'll, I'll probably just put a clip of it here. But sure, I'll send it to you. Yeah, if you haven't watched it, um, definitely watch it. Uh, do you have any updates since that? Is there anything that they've found you yeah. Know, more? Yeah, well, the, all, the whole thing started with a group of Spanish uh, researchers called uh, La Quinta Columna, the fifth column. They uh, actually got uh, their hands on a Pfizer vial, according to them. They put out a report. The English version is on a website called OrwellCity.com. It's translated. And what they did was they looked at a regular microscope. They thought they saw something industrial toxic like graphene oxide. Then they got it under an electron microscope at the University of Almeria. And they confirmed with some other experts that it was indeed graphene oxide. Why is that in there? After that, there was a doctor who uh, went viral, Dr. Philippe Van Welbergen in the UK, family doctor, had his little office, his little lab. He started to see his patients who had been injected get really sick, faster, deteriorate, dementia, you know, pain and suffering. The regular blood tests were coming back um, negative, like unremarkable. So he started to use his little microscope in his office and he did blood smears of their blood. He drew their blood like a regular blood uh, in the tube. And then he took some out, put it on the smear, does his little prep. And what he saw was frightening. And he, he, he showed it. He showed many, many pictures on a, um, 
a website called Living Life. Uh, Living Life Two. I can send you that link as well for your your viewers. Yes. And um, it, it just was un- incredible. And he said he saw a lot of damage. He saw a lot of foreign material in the blood. Uh, then from there, there was another bombshell report from a, the German researchers you were talking about. This is from Dr. Barbel Gitala. She's a naturopath in Germany. She uh, somebody videotaped in her private office. She had two attorneys that she called there uh, um, one evening with another physician. And she said that the same thing she actually got. She doesn't say how she got it. But she got a vial of Pfizer and I believe another company. You'd have to look at her website. Mm. I'll send you the link to that. That was actually featured on Rumble and BitChute by um, a a person named Tim Truth. So you can Mm. find his uploads, right? Everybody, a lot of people know him. Mm -hmm. Um, He's got that video, but I can send you the link. And anyway, she found the blood looking very unhealthy. These blood cells getting in stacks. They're collapsing on each other. I saw this. It looked like like what we think would be clotting or stagnation, like yep, coming it's together the and clumping. Yeah, yeah, it's called a rulio formation. And it's actually visually the beginning of clotting. And that's why cancer patients, it's seen more often in blood cancers. And it's why cancer patients are you know, somewhat higher risk to develop blood clots. Mm. She also showed the pictures, and, and you can see it on her screen, but then, then they zoom in on it, of what was inside the vials. And inside, she saw lots of metallics, lots of these, uh, these are, this is a regular microscope. They're like a fence, fencing. It just looked really abnormal with uh, these uh, very high um, shiny particles. Right. So she was not able to do any further analysis after that. The latest bombshell comes from a Dr. Robert Young. He's got his own website where he just came out and kind of collated a lot of those those pictures. And he is a microscopy expert. So he's an expert in all the different types of regular microscope, like dark field and magnetic resonance and light, different types of, and and then he's also got access to several different types of electron microscopes. Mm -hmm. Fast forward. He showed, he claimed to have multiple vials from all four companies. And he's got some pictures that show at the nano level on the electron microscope, um, metallic pieces, he identified clusters of stainless steel. Wow. He found parasites, one in particular called trypsopanus. It's a lethal parasite in, in one of them. And he shows the pictures of it. Uh, lots Wait, of different was, metals. Hold on, hold on. There was a parasite in the vial. Yes, that's what he saw. When like he a, did like a living his, parasite? Uh, I don't know. But I'm going to send you the link to his uh, wow. website. Mm-hmm. It looked like a still photo. They were not videos. So maybe he'll take it one step further, uh, you know, and, and I'm not sure how long they live or how toxic they are or how many of them. That's something I'm reporting on what he did and what mm-hmm. he has put out on the Internet in the public domain. So you put all that together. You have multiple entities, multiple types of scientists that are experienced in using microscopic measures, both at the regular microscopic level and at the nano level. I want people to understand that when something's at the nano level, it's so tiny that it can cross over any barrier in your body. So the blood brain barrier, many other barriers. In fact, when you inject this material, there was a lot of controversy a few months ago where, oh, it just stays in the arm, like a regular vaccine. Well, a regular vaccine is a, is, is a molecule that you can see. You can see the material under a regular microscope. And the theory on how a regular, a real vaccine, I shouldn't say regular, a real vaccine, <laughs> right. these are not vaccines. 
how that works is, is it triggers a stimulation with the lymph nodes close to the arm. Your lymph, your, your system develops the immunity, you know, the surveillance system. In this particular case, you're injecting something, an mRNA, like a genetic code, by the way, that was never seen in nature. It was generated from a, a facsimile from a computer generated model. Long another story, encapsulated in this lipid nano transporter by the billions, and so that immediately within minutes to hours, if you look at Dr. Sukrat Bhakti's work, mm. um, very very prominent, um, brilliant German scientist, he explains that it gets into the that we call it the compartment. When you're into the compartment, you're into the blood. You're into the you're in the system. It's like intravenous is immediately into the compartment. And right. so when you inject this anywhere, you can do it in the fat, you can where we usually get slower absorption. It's not about absorption. It's about immediate pass through. So when we say it gets into every cell in your body, we mean it. Hmm. And when it gets into every cell in your body, it deposits the mRNA. It's like a blueprint. And that forces your cells machinery to produce over and over again billions of these spike proteins that then there's a whole nother story starting. Those spike proteins are the toxic part of any coronavirus. Remember, this is a facsimile, but in the natural coronavirus family of which the common cold has millions of viral, supposedly viral, you know, um, types, mm. um, those spike proteins from a natural in influenza would likely be, I've been told by experts in the hundreds of thousands, this mRNA technology forces your body to make them by the billions, right? right? So your body's going to be overwhelmed depending on where they land. We can't get pharmacokinetics. We have no pharmacodynamics. We have no disclosure from these companies. What is pharmacokinetics? It's the study of what happens to the drug when it goes through your body. How, what's the half-life? How long does it take to get a level? How long does it stay in your body? What parts of your body, what organs eliminate it? Your liver, your urine, you know, your renal system. So all of that is missing, which is why when the FDA came out last Monday and claimed that they approved right. FDA, right? <laughs> yeah, they approved it. But what they did, there was a lot of sleight of hand. But the biggest problem I had, which was I said on Stu Peter's show, to me, it's an illegal approval. In other words, it's null and void. Because if you get, when you get a, a drug approved, you get what's called a package insert. That's a legal document. You can, when you go home with your aspirin bottle and you take that piece of paper out and you toss it and then you open, that's called the package insert. Now, for a prescription drug, that becomes a very important document because it informs prescribers um, what uh, any precautions, what is the pharmacokinetics, how long does it stay in the body, how does it react drug-drug interactions with other things. So you can see that the, that missing is very dangerous, and it is all missing. And even though they've said, the CDC has said, oh, it's perfect, go ahead and use it for pregnant women, we want to jab babies. When you look at the PI in those subpopulation categories, you get the same language, insufficient data to determine the safety. Well, wow. wait a minute, that's not what you all told us. And here's the other reason I think it's an illegal approval. When you get an approval, it's for what's called an indication, right? I'm going to use, you know, um, medicine A for earwax. Okay, earwax removal is your indication, right? If mm -hmm. you look back at the protocol on clinicaltrials.gov that Pfizer and these other companies filed, you look for what's called the primary endpoint. That it tells everybody scientifically, this is how we're going to measure if the drug works. Now, that's important. You can have, you should only have one, maybe two primary endpoints. Your secondary endpoint, you can have millions of them if you want. It's up to you. 
But that those secondary endpoints, if you if you meet those, in other words, if your drug performs to the, those measures, but not your primary, you have a failed test. You have a failed study, and you cannot get anything approved with the FDA. Well, watch this criminal action. The primary endpoint for Pfizer's drug was, and you all know this because you heard about it in the mainstream media, two things, less symptoms, right? And no less hospitals that you're still going to get it. I just heard that symptoms. actually on the, on the news this morning. Yes. Right. Now, did anybody pay attention to the package insert? When you look at the front page, it says indicated for. I challenge your, your viewers to go look and see what it's for, but I'm going to give you the short answer. When you look at that package insert, it says Comirnaty, which is also interchangeable in the same formulation as the other one, which is that name is Pfizer-BioNTech, the mm. German company it's in relationship with, mm -hmm. COVID-19 vaccine. Those two are, okay, so it's the same thing. Is approved for, ready, drum roll, prevention of COVID-19. Prevention? <laughs> Whoa, you told me your primary endpoint, and I saw the primary endpoint. It was it's in clinicaltrials.gov. I will also send you the number so that when people go to clinical trials, they put this, it's a nerdy thing, but you put in this number, brings the study right up and you can dig and go through. You can look at all the exclusion criteria. Guess what, Otto? When you list in a protocol, all the people you're going to exclude, you can't get approval for them. So what's excluded? Pregnancy, people with pre-existing conditions, people with blood problems, and a host of other things. So you can't say, oh, yes, go ahead, give it to pregnant women. Oh, breastfeeding, it said no insufficient data, uh, whether it appears or not in breast milk. Well, I can tell you it appears in breast milk because in the VAERS system, part of the CDC, that captures self-reported, we have babies that have been bleeding out of their eyes, sick, die within days after breastfeeding a woman who's newly injected with these, these injections. So, this is a serious thing. When you have a package insert, if you compare the new package insert, pick your favorite drug, Otto. You can pick Lexapro. You can pick Namenda. You can pick whatever you want. Your favorite prescription drug, ampicillin. I don't care. Ivermectin. <laughs> That's right. And you look at the categories and compare, yeah. you will see that this newly approved package insert it's missing insufficient data, insufficient. Wow. The pharmacokinetics are missing. You have no idea of all the parameters. How do you know how to prescribe this thing? Yeah. How do you know who to give it to, who not to give? And to give it to immunocompromised people? Wow. People who are already have a suppressed immune system, either through disease or intentional drug suppression, because maybe they got a donor organ or something. Mm. I mean, this just doesn't even make sense. I mean, I heard a, I heard a quote from Dr. Robert Malone, who is if nobody knows the inventor of the mRNA process, like that whole spiel, uh, he actually said that this new approval came with zero support, zero facts, nothing to support, the, no data to support this approval. Um, so yeah, it's it's kind of nutty what's happening. Well, and then, mm -hmm. I, I'd like to just say one thing. I'd like to see Dr. Robert Malone instead of you know going around the little circuit. Uh, prancing around talking about this, if he's the inventor of this, you know, this molecule that is causing death and destruction all over the planet, maybe he could go back into the lab and spend every minute of his waking life finding the antidote. And no one seems to ever press him on that. I'd like to see him do that because if he invented it, he knows what goes into it. He may know how to reverse it. 
because he's the only one who knows if he's the inventor, right? This is interesting because he's, he's come out and said it's toxic. Don't do it. Don't do it. But you're right. I mean, if you're, if you're the one that made it, bro, you can probably figure out how to flip it. <laughs> no one thinks gonna, to ask him. I'm going to, I'm going to make sure this gets to him somehow, some way and let him answer. Just ask him, try to get him on your show. I will. I will. That's, that's going to be my next, uh, next, uh, uh guest <laughs> for sure. Don't tell him I said it. Just ask the question. I'll, do, I'll ask Even though we're on TV. <laughs> yeah. I'll ask first, sure before it's a logical uh, question. It. Yeah, no, you're, but you're right. I mean, just Who being, better? being serious, you know, this is the guy that, uh, made it happen. And, you know, as much as they've already tried to censor him and suppress him through Wikipedia and, and say, Oh no, he's not, he's not the guy that did it. Uh, we, we, I mean, at least for me, I, I watched that transition. I watched them try to hide it. So he is the guy. So yeah, do something or, or at least try, you know, at least say, Hey, I'm here. I'm trying. I'm going to check it out see what happens. Right. At least that. Yeah. It's, um, it's, it's nutty what's happening here. And, uh, you know, you mentioned, you mentioned, um, that, that there's a, there's parasites in this. Dr. Dr. Robert Young reported right. that there were parasites in these these injection vials. This is so interesting because I, I, I'm mentioning this again because of ivermectin, the eye, the eye medicine, I call it because they've been censoring me on Instagram when I say that word, but they've been saying, oh, it's a horse pill. It's a horse pill. But when we look at what it actually does, it's, it's an anti-parasitic, <laughs> right? Uh, it's verm, iverm. Verm is, is another word for worm. It's a Latin or is a Latin or yeah, it's a Latin word. And that's what it's for. It's for to, to take away the, the parasites. So it's interesting now that I hear that this was discovered in the cocktail. Yeah. That, and they're trying to suppress yeah. this, this thing that actually gets rid of well, it. Yeah. Let's, we don't want to confabulate the injection damage and, you know, with the whatever that flu was last year and whatever is out there now. Cause I think they either release something, a modified version because viruses burn down. They don't burn up a year later. Right. In something else. Um, and so you have the ivermectin is very effective in treating people. Uh, there are experts that I've reported on who have treated countless people. It's not just an anecdote. They've treated many people with it successfully, the infection, right? So who knows where the infection came from the disease COVID-19. Mm -hmm. um, and if that is related to what these, you know, dark people did with these vials and putting this conglomerate, we don't know what's in there, Otto. That's the scary part. We don't know what's in there at any given day. We don't know what every, if every lot is in there because the FDA wow. has not done their due diligence. There are no reports. What they're supposed to do is good manufacturing processes before a drug is approved. And even if it's emergency use, you should still go to the manufacturing plants and verify reliability, you know, consistency in cleanliness and purity. You have a big story that's just coming out now between Japan and I, I believe there's another country and I'm just, it's just escaping my mind, who are, who are blocking and holding 1.6, Japan alone, I'll speak for that when I remember that one, 1.6 million vials because they have been uh, discovering that many of them are contaminated. Wow. I don't have a lot of detail on that yet. I'm still digging on it and waiting to hear back from some people. Uh, but think about that, right? So nobody has verified their cleanliness of their facilities, the um, 
you know, the consistency and the formulation, much less what's in these things at any given time. Every, many people could have gotten all kinds of different things. This could be the great experiment, you know, of humanity. And it's all terrible. It, it just makes the Nazi atrocities look like, and I hate to say it, but looks it just looks like a day at the beach. I mean, you, it's just unbelievable to me. And the lockstep with which we have doctors pushing it, we have governments, we have companies uh, but it's mostly these large box companies, big industries like airlines, the military. This is, make no mistake about it, we are under a Marxist takeover by China. I agree. Uh, there's there's uh, a lot of variables that if you start to research, you'll start to see the, the dots connect. They're separated, right? The dots are all separated and they're, they're coming at you from different areas. So it's easy to say, oh, it's just a coincidence. But once yeah. you start to follow the money, follow the power, follow the people that are involved, seeing their connections, you go, oh, this is interesting. Absolutely um, right. What are your thought? What are your thoughts on um, on the mandates on mandating this? You know, there's been a lot of reports. Um, I have a lot of friends in Hawaii, uh, families, whole families losing their jobs because they are mandating this and pushing the employees to to get it. Um, so what would you, what are your thoughts on that? What, what would you say, what would you give as advice to someone that is in that situation where they have to either choose their job or choose the job? Well, I'm not going to give like, I'm not going to give legal and I'm not a lawyer. Sure. I don't have that. This is not legal but, advice. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. This is disclaimer, not legal advice, yes. but you should talk to lawyers who get it. Right. But I would say that I agree with America's frontline doctors. They do have, I'll send you the link. There's a, there's so much now to that website. They have a section that says, do not quit. I'm repeating to you so you, your viewers can go see this. And the, their lawyers, their legal expertise tells us, let call the bluff of the employer. First of all, take it to the wall. You just continually respectfully decline. And by the way, wearing the mask or three times a week testing is no alternative. You didn't, you, you decline everything respectfully and let them fire you. This is what the lawyers from America's frontline have said. Mm. A couple of reasons. Um, and you, you can find this information yourself and the guidance. And I highly recommend you do. One reason is you leave them vulnerable to contributing the majority to your unemployment insurance, unless somebody has blocked that. Uh, if you quit, you don't have a right to apply. Mm. The other thing is when we, you know, when these class action suits, you know, more of them, more of them, more of them get set up, you ha you'll, you'll have an, an entry into them to be part of it, uh, which you wouldn't if you quit. Because when you quit, it looks like, hey, I'm quitting. They don't know why you quit. You can't verify that you quit because you're under pressure. You can prove that you were fired simply because, and, and keep your documentation because you, and keep everything in writing. I respectfully decline. I respectfully decline. And you can use language and forms uh, that they have provided on that website. There's another wonderful website from an attorney, a group of attorneys that are associated with America's Frontline. It's called, watch this, baxxchoice.com. I hope I got that right. I think I did. Um, and I will, I will give that to you for your, you know, to link to this, to this. And in there, there are forms, there are criminal complaints against these entities. You fill them out 
Wow. Relative to your hospital or your company, and they will, their teams of lawyers will work with you. I understand it's on an individual basis right now. So jump in while it's hot and they'll help you file these things, but you know, probably after you're fired. But again, I'm not representing them and I, I haven't worked on those things, but I, I'm like a messenger. Go check that out, right? Um, here's another, let me talk to the other part of what should I do? Should I quit? Mm. I'm going to talk to like from the sort of emotional part of it. Mm. Dr. Zelenko says, don't compromise your future by, you know, accepting a little convenience. Now there is, these are not vaccines. They're very dangerous. They're very deadly. It's not an even exchange for your job. I don't care if it's the dream job of your life. Okay. And I, I speak from that, which I have done myself. Um, the reason I'm saying that is when this is sorted out, there people will probably be reinstated or businesses will reconstruct or come up a different way. You cannot comply your way out of tyranny. If you think that by taking this shot, which by the way, you're risking your life, there's my disclaimer. Um, if you think you're going to then be left alone, uh, you already hear what's happening with the boosters. And I got news for everybody. There's already a fourth booster that's in the Pfizer protocol. Oh my goodness. Right? It's a subscription service at this moment. This, this at this stuff time. is auto. It's in plain sight. Wow. It's right there for anybody who wants to look for it. Clinicaltrials.gov. Go to the Pfizer study and you will see. And you got to read through it. It's a big protocol. In Australia, they're not, they're not considering you fully vaxxed if you don't have a third one now. That's, if you, get, if you yes. have two, you're still not fully vaxxed. They're being gaslighted. And you won't yeah. be fully vaxxed until you take everything they want you to have every six months or three months or whatever. Guys, get off the merry-go-round, okay? You're not, I'm going to say it again. You can't comply your way out of tyranny. So what does that mean, Dr. Jane? It means let them fire you. What do I do to make a living? I get it. We all have families we want to provide. You have to start thinking out of the box. I've been encouraged by people to think out of the box. I have certain skills. Some of them are analytical. Some of them are medical. Some of them, I have to start thinking. We've all been conditioned to rely on the corporate teat. Okay. Nice benefits, insurance, yes. days off, vacations, bonuses. Hey, you got to let that go for a while. It's temporary. And the only alternative to that is death or serious public uh, uh, personal injury. So it's not a choice. You have to wake up to this. Let them fire you. You're going to have to, here's the answer. You have to pull together. Remember the old days when you had extended family, friends, cousins, aunts and uncles, you all pull together. You make sure everybody's got enough food. You're all working together. I can do this and I'll exchange it for a chicken and some eggs. I mean, I know it sounds rudimentary and basic. You've got to do that now. You've got to start thinking, how can I use skills that I can barter for something else? Because when we pull away from these big box stores and these big corporations, they're going to try to squeeze us. And so mm. you're going to have to you know, find ways to make money. And there are still companies, small, those, you know, those small businesses that got choked alive last year. Well, some of them still have infrastructure. Some of them still have restaurants. You have materials. Why don't you start cooking and, you know, bartering services, support them. They support you. You get food exchange in exchange for repairs. You're a carpenter. Okay. I mean, look, I can't solve every nuance of the issue, but you see where I'm going with that, right? Yeah. I'm, I'm actually, 
I'm actually great. I'm actually happy that you brought that up uh, just because like my expertise is crypto. And I don't know how, how much you know about crypto, but it's giving people the opportunity to do exactly that. Tap into their skill set and yep. build that practically on this decentralized platform. It's all, you know, online, uh, online based, but it's this, you know, ability to, you know, take back your power and to take back yeah. the power of your finances. Um, yeah. So I'm, I'm so glad you made that segue because that's yeah. at the end of the day, if we have that ability to take care of ourselves, to have the resources that we need to, you know, to, to feel like we're surviving and we're, we're stable, then yeah. you can start to move into thrive, into, into love, into, you know, healing. That's when that shifts. Connected, get yes. reconnected to each other. Exactly. I know for sure. Everybody has something to contribute. So you've got to strategize, you know, you start micro and you work out macro. So you start with your friends, your relatives, what are they going to need? What can I give them? What can I get from them? It's like a bartering thing. If this goes down, okay, we need ways to pay the rent. How do we make money? Some, some money will still, you know, flow. I mean, I'm not saying it's going to be Terminator, you know, three, but it's, it's going to be something like that. Maybe not exactly. So what did they do? They helped each other. You know, the neighborhoods were burned out and this, I mean, that was really dramatic and extreme, but you, yeah, <laughs> you, you, you will come up with ways to help people. You know, we, we all have something to contribute and we, people say to me, what do I do? I, I, I don't want to lose my job. You're, I got a newsflash for everybody. You're going to lose it anyway. Okay. <laughs> if you is. comply or if you don't comply, they're going to can you. So start thinking now. It, it empowers you. It gives you joy and hope. Right. And, and you start planning on how you can get the things you need. And what do you have to give and offer? Right. We didn't have to think about that before because we all got these things in our faces. Right. And we don't look up when we're walking. Now you have to care about each other again. And you could do it. It's only a generation or two away. My grandmother did it. She lived in this tiny little, I got to tell you, it was a tiny little plot of land. I don't even know what it was, but it was just like there was on either side of the driveway. There was like a foot, right? <laughs> and it was a long driveway. This woman grew green beans, you know, fennel, herbs. Awesome. You know, she had a cherry tree and a peach tree. I'm going to tell you this was tiny. And I often think about it and I think, wow. And then she'd walk to the market down the street. In those days, inner cities, they had these public markets with live chickens. They still do. And she'd come home with the chicken, you know, and then she'd cook it. And, you know, I'm just saying, I know it's a picture from the past, but yeah. it was basic. It was caring. Yeah, that's that's a that's an interesting conversation on like um, you know uh, uh, the evolution of technology and you know we think about like society oh we're growing we're getting better we're getting you know we're going towards this direction of the future and we we think of movies and how future looks like but it's distorted in my opinion there's there we're that's gonna, one yeah. reality you don't have to follow that yeah. reality <laughs> we're we're gonna need new you know these urgent care centers that are independent little right. mini hospitals we're gonna need more of those but we're gonna need to have control of them and they might have a small operating room for so you to break your arm or something you got to bring it in and open it and, you know okay so what i'm suggesting is we're we can't go to hospitals right now hospitals are very dangerous places we don't have a lot of other options traps. why do it i feel say like that? traps they're traps they're yeah. the new ovens they're the new holocaust ovens Whoa. So, you know, <laughs> I want to give people things to think about. Start planning now in your mind. Make some lists down. So with everything that you've experienced, everything you've researched, 
Um, you know, I, I, I heard your vision and your, your perspective of where you want things to go. I, I love that. And I'm, I'm in total agreement with that future, but with it, with practically speaking where we're at right now, right. Um, you know, I mentioned this often where 2020 kind of separated people into two groups. You're either have driven yourself further into the fear and deeper into the matrix. And you're like, I can't, I can't, or you're completely snapped out of it. And you're like, nope forget this system. I'm out. I'm going to do my own thing. And so how do you see where we're at now? How do you see us moving forward? Do you still see us continuing that side-by-side -side reality where you have this division mm. still, or do you see, you know, some kind of, I do see the dichotomy, you know, the two, the two moving to, you know, onward. Uh, but I see the people that have, are getting it. Oh my God, we've got to do some planning or we've got to, you know, I get, I, I understand this. I got to protect myself and my family you know we're going to do more things differently i see that widening and mm. i see the people that are hunkered down in fear i see them shrinking to some degree and i think as more things more reality comes out people are not going to be able to look away from it and uh, you know there there's so much variety it's a big world it's a big country we live in so you know hundreds of millions of people so you're going to have you're always going to have the two but i'm I'm hopeful and I kind of see there's a larger realization happening in the the group that is um, aware of what's going on. But it starts at the local level. And right. you see these people going out to their local school boards. They start with this issue about the mask with kids. I'm not going to get into that. But what I am going to point out is they have it right. Take back the power locally. If they have to, they get lawyers to come in. I've seen them do quorums. They find a legal loophole and they say, you know what? We just had a quorum. We did it based on this. We have the legal paperwork. You're all fired. You're out. And they reconstruct their school board and they, they change it. So, I mean, that's a, that's a great outcome and not everybody can get that done, but that's your goal. Take back your local power because that's what's got the foot the boot on your neck right now you're not we're not going to affect the, the federal level for a long time we've got to take back the power and then that goes like i said micro to macro then it's your region then it's your count you know your, it's your county and it grows from there and then you've got a, a hold on your state you got to find allies within your state if it's a red state you know find them around the blue areas and if it's a blue state you, you all blue states have red areas so i'm, I'm so happy i'm so happy that you mentioned this because I, I i repeat this often where for a long time we've normalized giving our power away upwards right towards the federal government and they've and they've glamorized you know being president and they've made it pretty and they made it this like you know uh, growing up i remember that's the best job you can get to be the president of the united states and so just me personally i grew up thinking oh that's that's who controls everything that's who the federal government that guy on top he, my street outside it's not there's a hole in the street because of that guy you know there's there's this direct connection to the top and I'm, I'm loving what's happening in the world now because of what you mentioned, we're taking back our power. And it mm -hmm. starts with, you know, uh, if, we, if we flip it, right, if we're flowing power upwards, if we flip it, all of a sudden the power, the power now is flowing downwards. Mm -hmm. What's the smallest variable of that power? Me. I wear, the, I wear this shirt for that, for that reason. I decide. Because it starts with you individually. If you can shift yourself your perspective, take back your power of discernment, 
it'll it'll affect the person next to you, which will affect the person next to them, which then you can go to your local city, uh, you know, and 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 uh, levels and and fi fix that or uh, adjust that, invite and then grow out and then expand. I love that you mentioned that because that's the key right there, in my opinion. You have to start taking back that power on an individual level. Yeah, I've hit. I've heard people say. Um, I've had, you know, I'm human. I have my moments of, you know, concern, fear, you know, but mm -hmm. I meditate out of it, but I've had people say it's the greatest time to be alive. And I'm thinking, okay. In the beginning, when I first started hearing people say that, I'm thinking, You're wait a nuts. minute, there's like this dark, evil thing that's poisoning <laughs> people. And it's got every corporation and everybody's a zombie, you know? And then I thought, to, and, and, and the second part of their statement is, if this is the greatest time in humanity to have ever been alive, because we're going to see real transition, we're going to see transformation in a good way, because people are not going to let let the world go. Mm -hmm. uh, too many of us and the, the human spirit. And, and that, you know, that doesn't give me a haughty feeling at all. Uh, I think it's going to be a very difficult, it might not even be accomplished in my lifetime, but it is going to go in that direction. And it will, they'll look back on, it, it was one of the darkest times, but the reformation, the Renaissance, the second Renaissance uh, was amazing. And we were part of, you know, that. So I do like to think of it in that way. Um, yeah. And that's, and I, and I, I, you know, I think that's um, just in life in general, the comparable is Western med medicine versus Eastern medicine. In my opinion, Western medicine really focuses on managing symptoms, right? You're managing the symptoms that are caused, that are caused in your body uh, through the, through the diagnosis. Uh, Eastern medicine is about finding the root cause and healing, healing the root cause. And I've noticed that when you're truly healing, when you're truly, truly going through a healing process, whatever that may be, it's a physical, mental, emotional, whatever, spiritual, it has to get worse before it gets better. Like you have to allow the toxins, the shit and the crap that you accumulated in your body to leave first. And, and unfortunately there's some reabsorption that happens, you know, there's some reliving that happens, but if you can push through that and not take external substances to suppress it again, because of Western medicine, uh, you can push through that. And then all of a sudden, you, 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 you feel you, 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 um, can experience the light and experience that high vibrational feeling in your body. Yes, absolutely. That, uh, that whole notion of, you know, where you are vibrationally, I mean, without getting into that's a whole, you know, 10 shows, but, uh, it is fear is a very low vibration, right. as you know, and if you can just get yourself one or two levels above it, which is to use affirmations and to stay in touch with people who say things like, this is the greatest time to be alive. There's nothing like the human spirit, you know, things are moving all the time. And these are almost affir affirmations. So um, I think it's really important to take care of yourself, um, stand firm, in your convictions, you understand that there are some dangerous things going on. That's okay. Um, you have a lot of, there's a, there are a lot of great people, a lot of great people that are out there. I could, I could name them all. And I've been privileged to communicate with many of them uh, that are, that are on these front lines with us. And I'm really, I'm really, you know, just feeling hopeful and you know, loving that will bring it all back together because this kind of evil can't survive. Mm. Um, I've, I've, yeah. Yeah. I've, I've heard the saying, my, my girlfriend says this all the time. She says that good will always win at the end. And if it's not good yet, 
It isn't the end. <laughs> I love that. Yeah. I love that. It's a little bit of a phrase that they used in the movie. Um, the uh, was it the Marigold Hotel? The remember that movie that uh, the mo- the most exotic Marigold Hotel with um, Dev Patel. It's a, it's a great movie, and uh, he's always saying that. Uh, and they'll say, well, but but things are still terrible. And he says, everything will work out in the end. And if it's not all right, it is not yet the end. I and love it's it. true. Yeah. There's a lot more to go. Yeah. Um, so uh, just one last question. I'm very curious uh, because of your, I feel like you're, I feel like you're pretty close to our good old president Trump. Um, I know Siggy is always going to her, to his events uh, down in South Florida there. So I have a question from your perspective, someone that I feel like you've been involved in his uh, whole things since at least 2015, since the first time he got elected. So like, I feel like you're very involved. At least you're, you're, you're aware of certain things that most people are probably not. So with that said, what is your perspective on, and I'm sure you've heard of this, of the whole, uh, number 17 Q movement and, and the, the plan and him being part of this movement that's trying to take down the swamp and drain it. So what is your perspective with that? Is, is he coming back? Is he gonna, is he doing something? Uh, should we just focus on ourselves and forget about it? You know, that's a huge question. That's actually a question we could dissect in an entire show. Probably. But I'll say a few <laughs> things. I'll say a few things because you've done a little bit of, I could tell you've done a little bit of homework. I lived in DC for 10 years. The first half was the pain and suffering of the Obama presidency. Mm. Then when President Trump hit the scene, I got very politically involved. Um, I met him uh, at an early rally where he, you probably don't even remember these, where he used to stay for two or three hours. And there was almost no security, just his own, no secret service. And he would stand there and talk to us and sign other books. And, you know, people would come and go. And, you know, I gave him a big hug. He signed a book for me. We chatted about a few different things. Uh, I ended up doing a lot of intensive volunteer work for his campaign. Uh, I got connected with um, Ginny Thomas, who is Justice uh, Clarence Thomas's wife. And I was very fortunate in Virginia to, to become a part of an inner circle with her and her activist friends. Um, so there was a lot of good you know, connection. I was uh, given an opportunity to work as a volunteer, but it was full-time work for a long time in the office of presidential correspondence for president trump's ad- administration and i worked directly in the white house and in the eeob um you know organizing categorizing you know uh, gifts and letters to the president and the first family by the thousands you know i did this for a year and a half uh and that's a great story to tell another time but and beyond that, lots of interactions, you know, at the Trump Hotel, that was our stomping ground. I started with seven other people, the MAGA movement in D.C., the meetups that then spread to the rest of the country. So I was involved in a lot of that and very grateful for many things in his presidency. Uh, there's no but to that. I would just say that I know a lot of people are confused when they hear you know, him speak um, about some of these issues around the injections. Mm. Uh, I agree with Dr. Paul Alexander, who was recently interviewed on Stu Peter's show, who worked in President Trump's, um, you know, uh, administration as an advisor, uh, that it's probably time, I hope, I'm looking forward to President Trump just sort of sorting some of this out if and not, not pushing it. Uh, he sort of softens on some of these areas. I don't know what the plan is. 
all through that whole MAGA development. I'm going to full disclosure. I don't, um, I, I never followed Q. I never got involved. I never studied it. I never, I didn't bash it and I didn't promote it. I didn't know anything about it. I'm not claiming ignorance. I just, there was so much going on. And I, while I do think he's very smart and he knows what he's doing and he's done a lot of great for the country, do I think there's this underground sort of, I don't know. I mean, who knows? I, I wasn't inside. So I can only go on what I know and what I've experienced, what I witnessed. Um, I don't know if he's coming back. I don't think the man is going to totally walk off the planet and never get involved again. I'm sure he's going to be a great leader and an advisor like he is now. Uh, I'll be really honest. I would tell him this to his face and I, I love him dearly, but I don't get excited when I see him promoting rhinos or supporting them or playing golf with them. But you know, it's his own life. He's entitled to a life. He can choose his friends and his enemies and all that. So um, sort of with all that said, I would say um, bottom line is don't wait for anyone to come back and save you. Politicians are not going to save us. Even if President Trump comes back in an elected role somehow, um, he can't do everything. Nobody could do everything. We've laid back too much as a people. Getting back to our topic just before this one brings us back to what have you done for your country lately? You know, I say this in a general way to fellow citizens, not to be disparaging or rude or, you know, one-upping people, but to say, do some soul searching. You know, it's great to be a digital warrior and maybe that's all you can do for physical or, or emotional reasons, or you have other responsibilities, but many of you can do more. Many of you can come side by side with fellow warriors physically and, and do, and do things to legally, you know, inappropriately um, change things right now. Maybe you don't have any school-aged children, but you see people going down to the school board because they have legitimate beefs and they want to take the power back. Go stand with them. Just stand with them, you know. So so that's kind of my take on your question relative to, you know, to all of that. Just don't wait for that because the enemy wants you to sit back. Whether if somebody comes and there's some miracle, great. But if it doesn't, you should really be preparing as though there isn't going to be somebody. And mm. no politician is going to save us from this because every politician is vulnerable to being flipped, to being uh, bought off, to being, um, you know, subdued, you know, power uh, mitigated. Lobbied, coerced, threatened. Yeah. I'm I mean, going to join human. Lynn Wood. I'll join Lynn Wood and I'll call out Marjorie Taylor Greene, for example. Many of you love her. That's great. I loved her too when she was calling out the rhinos, but I got inside information around the spring that she was slapped on the hand by the GOP rhino leadership and told not to do that anymore. So what is she doing now? Oh, let's impeach Biden. Okay. That's great. But you've got a Democrat ruled Congress or, you know, Congress house and Senate. Hello. It's just, it's just smoke and mirrors. And where does it all lead to a donate button? And wow. I, I'm not just going to pick on her. You will know them by their fruits, right? Old Testament. Okay. Yes. Watch me. I love Rand Paul. I love this one. I love that one. I'll be President Trump. I love this one. I love that one. Crenshaw. But they're, they're all becoming Trey Gowdy. You know, in Texas, all hat, no cattle. Mm. They're all becoming Trey Gowdy. Who's Trey Gowdy? All hearings, no indictments. All mm. hearings, no criminal referrals. Rand Paul, you got to remember these people, Ted Cruz, Rand Paul, all these people. What did they do on January 6th inside? They voted to certify 
for Biden. I'll mm. never forget that. They're all gone. They're not going to save you. You have to save you at your local level. Start there. Take back your local government because that's what's going to rule over you. Right. And where does Rand Paul lead? Look at where they where are the fruits. The fruits are to a donate button. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I, you know, I'm, I'm noticing that this is the theme that I'm hearing from a lot of people that are involved in politics and, and that I've interview, interviewed myself. By the way, Otto, do you know where the, uh, the donate button goes? Where? To the, G- to the, to the, the GOP. GOP, yeah. To the rhino-run <laughs> GOP. Ronna McDaniel, Romney McDaniel, Romney. Okay. Ooh, yes. Ronna, Ron, she dropped it really quickly. Ronna Romney McDaniel. Wow. The niece. And she's right. The, 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 the GOP is mostly all establishment. And there's a big faction of the conservative movement leadership that is, you know, we call it conservative Inc. That's mm-hmm. a like a sino conservative in name only match lap. The CPAC is gone. All it's about the money. Nobody's doing anything for the people. Yeah. So I, that's how you have to. Well, I was going to say, I, I, you know, it's interesting because I've, the, the theme that I've gotten here is that um, it's almost as if like we have to figure some way forward that is not involving ourselves in this, in the current system, in the one that currently exists, like almost not that we have to create a brand new one, but right. for now in this transition, we need to rise above it and kind of just like, okay, look at this mess below us right now. What can we do to fix this? And that's brilliant have to shift that perspective. Yeah. You have to keep talking about that. That one thing you just said there, that's really important. We have to learn to live with the reality that, that the politicians are not going to rescue us. They're bought and paid for, or they're scared for their mm-hmm. family's life or whatever the CCP does. I don't know. And we have to find ways to survive with each other within the system until it can be appropriately changed. Um, yeah. So I think that's really important that you brought that up. Well, with that said, uh, thank you, Dr. Jane. You were such a pleasure. So much information. I'm gonna have to. Go, I'm, I'm gonna watch this one probably two or three times before I launch, before I put it out, just to make sure that all the information that is gonna be in there. Uh, but thank you thank so you. much. Thank you so much for for this time and your your energy. I really appreciate it. And please keep yeah. speaking out, standing up, and fighting for freedom fighting for sovereignty thank you yeah thank you so much for having me and you know shout out to our friend siggy flicker who's actually a great patriot and a great american and you know just doing amazing things for bringing you and i together so thank you again for having me it's really been a pleasure a lot of fun is there anything you like to plug at the end here i'd like to leave the last minute to the interviewee yeah thank you so much i appreciate that if people want to follow me on social media i'm on telegram so it's it's t.me whatever the telegram is and then it's yeah, t.me slash and then whatever your name is right and then everything in my social media every instagram everything is just simple dr jane ruby um i i was on twitter uh kicked off twice in the last year or so uh big followings but got taken out so now you can see me telegram's the best and so um also have a book called a sea of new media 
which was inspired, the titles inspired by something Andrew Breitbart said to a crowd of a million on the National Mall in 2010. Uh, but the book is about how we are the media now. You I remember that. I, I was just going to say, I remember that quote. I saw the video. I, I've actually used it in one of my videos. That oh, great. thank you so much. So you can find the book, you know, just, just, you know, Google it. Sorry, it's self-published on Amazon. I don't like to support Amazon either, but uh, if it helps, I, I do get the majority. And I, and I, and I do have a Patreon that's uh, Dr. Jane Ruby, Dr. Jane Ruby as well, because um, I'm not crying poverty, but I do use any sponsorships to produce the segments that I do on Stu Peters to put it together and use the studio and stuff like that. So and, I and, and all the to everyone listening, you know, I, and this is just my own way of being in life. I will always support those that support themselves. And, and I, I'm noticing that like if the people that are doing that truly, that are sovereign, are doing it themselves, literally, yep. not connecting themselves to the bigger names. That's, that's the shift. right. Yeah. Thank well, you, thank Otto. You again. Thank you so much. Um, it was a pleasure and I hope we can do this again. Thank you, Jane. Anytime, anytime. Wow, what an amazing episode with Dr. Jane Ruby. That episode was filmed in September, 2021. And you can see that even that early on through this pandemic, Dr. Jane Ruby was investigating the vaccine. She was investigating all the different layers that were created to create this, this facade, this matrix. And um, she was one of the first ones to, to, to be connected with the group that was investigating the parasites inside the vaccine. Um, so a lot of great things came out of that episode, in my opinion. There's a lot of perspective that I didn't have myself. And I'm super grateful for Dr. Jane Ruby and her ability to step into that role of speaking truth and, and, and showcasing the different layers of this reality that aren't being showcased by mainstream media. So with that, we thank you, Dr. Ruby. And I know in this episode, we didn't really talk a lot about crypto, but um, you know, it, it, it is a reminder of how much scrutiny is coming from the government, the centralized government entities, not only at a federal level, but on a, on a local level. So crypto is really giving us the opportunity now to step away from those mechanisms and really take back power and control of our, not only our finances, but our own self-governing. So if you want to learn more about it and learn the different layers that exist in the crypto space, please check out my webpage, autogomes.live. So if you want to dive deeper into crypto, make sure you check out my website, autogomes.live. Smash that like button below. Follow me on Instagram. Follow me on Twitter. Follow me on TikTok. Follow me everywhere. And I will share as much knowledge about crypto as I can with you. Thank you all for being a part of this journey with me and always remember to gamify your abundance. Love you guys.